Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is James chapter 1, verses 2 to 11. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 11. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for if he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Well, this morning we start our study on the epistle of James. And now everyone knows that James wrote this letter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. But the question is, which James? Is it James, the brother of John? Or is it James, the half-brother of Christ? And most of the scholars believe that it was James, the half-brother of Christ, mainly because just some of the events that the, uh, the author here, James, is talking about doesn't really fit with James, the brother of John, because he was executed shortly after Christ's death and resurrection. So it probably was not James, one of the original twelve apostles, brother of John. Rather, we believe it was James the half-brother of Christ. And it makes sense because James, of course, would have this knowledge of the life of Christ. And he's writing this letter to Christians that are scattered around the area once again due to persecution. Very similar to Peter's letter that we just finished looking at. But the main theme of James's letter is the relationship between faith and works. So it's a very practical letter for Christians, for the Christians of James's day and for the Christians of our day today as well. And James opens his letter much like Peter did. He opens it by looking at the importance of perseverance when we face trials and temptations. And right away, James mentions several situations that believers must get through in our lives. First, like we studied throughout Peter's letter, there will be trials for each of us. And when the trial comes, it will be different for each of us. We don't all face the same trials, but we all have to go through them. James talks about that. Peter talks about that. Paul talks about that. 
Second, James mentions the rich and the poor of this world. Some people have more money than they need. Some people don't have enough money to meet their basic needs. And we see that even today. We saw that back then. Some people had plenty of money. Some people didn't. And we have that today as well. But James is focusing not on necessarily the money aspect of it, but he's focusing on the idea of when we all come to Christ, whether we are financially wealthy or financially poor, it doesn't matter. And nor does it matter whether we are a CEO of a company or if we are a homeless person begging on the streets. When we all come to Christ, we are equal. God is no respecter of people. He treats us equally. And He expects us to live for Him. He expects us all to carry out His will in this world. Lastly, James mentions temptations. And we talked about that in Peter as well. We all face temptations. The temptations do not come from God because God is holy. And God is not capable of evil. Whatever He does, it might seem mean to some people here. You know, wiping out a, a city, Sodom and Gomorrah, wiping out the world with a flood. That might seem mean and evil to us, but it's not because God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. And God allows us to be tempted by the lusts and the desires of this world, as we've talked about. But as I've said before, He always provides an escape for us. He does not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. There's always an escape. The question is whether or not we take the escape that He gives us, or we give in to the temptation. That is the decision that is up to us in each and every situation. In verse 2, James tells his readers to consider things pure joy. A human or a worldly response is not joy when we face trials. Think about it. The last time you had a flat tire alongside the road, did you rejoice? Not me. Not me, that's for sure. It was just, uh, I think last year, my wife and I are going for our anniversary. We were going up to Penn's Cave. And we got behind a garbage truck. And for whatever reason, the back end of the garbage truck opened up. And garbage, metal, glass, poured out on the road. And doing 65, I had no choice. You hit it. I got a flat tire. At the time, of course, I wasn't rejoicing. But afterward, that was a very dangerous situation. Because we were on a busy road, and I'm changing the tire on the side of the road. But I was safe. Yeah, it cost me a couple hundred dollars to replace the tires, but I was safe. He kept me safe. He got me through the situation. And that's the idea, to make a, a conscious commitment whenever we face trials, to face them with joy, knowing that the Lord is in control, that He's there with you, that He's guiding you, 
None of us want to have a flat tire when we're going on vacation or going on a trip or any time. If I'm going to have a flat tire, I want it in my driveway. But that's not the case. We need to remember that God is there encouraging us, strengthening us. And He doesn't send these trials to us just for His own fun, just for His amusement, just for Him to laugh at us and say, ha ha, look at Him. He doesn't do that. He has a plan. He has a purpose that allows them to occur in our life. We may not understand it, but God knows. I have no idea why we got a flat tire that day. No idea. Maybe there was a lesson there to learn. Maybe something bad happened that I wasn't supposed to be involved in. I don't know. But God protected me through that flat tire, as well as many other situations. But as we face these trials, as we go through them, we we persevere with our faith. We mature and we become closer to God. It gives us a deeper commitment to Him, a more trusting relationship with Him. It brings us closer to God. But going through trials also show our weakness. And shows us where we need to work at on things in our life. In verse 5, James says we need wisdom from God. How often do people pray for wisdom? Or thank God for the wisdom that He's given them? Normally we pray for things. Health. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our friends. But do we pray for wisdom to use the gifts and the blessings that God has given us for His glory. That's really a practical skill. Wisdom is really a practical skill to live a life glorifying to God. And when we have wisdom, you know, the other stuff doesn't really matter because everything just kind of falls into place. You get into a situation, you get into a trial, you know what to do because you have the wisdom from God. And He's prepared a path for us to follow. And we always need to pray for God's will to be done. And James goes on to talk about, uh, in verses 6-8, a weak, a weak believer or a wishy-washy believer. It's the rocky soil that we talk about in uh, one of Christ's parables when we talk about the life of Christ there maybe last year. They readily accept the Word of God. Yes, they have some prayers, maybe some superficial praying to God. But when those tough times come, they fall away. They do not have that strong faith. They do not have that solid foundation. Their roots are shallow. So when the trial comes to them, they fall away. But what about yourself? When a trial comes to you, and it does, and it will, you can either ask God for the wisdom and the strength to get through it, to know what to do, to be safe, to glorify Him, to honor Him. Or you can just give in to the trial, let it turn into a temptation, turn from God, and turn back to our sin nature. And this happens. For example, a recovering alcoholic or a drug addict. Things are going pretty well for them. 
They have their life turned around. Maybe they have a job. They're working. They've been sober for a while. But then something happens. A trial comes. A difficult day. A difficult situation. Maybe they lose their job. Wreck their car. Don't have money to pay certain bills. Maybe they just run into some of their old drinking buddies. But whatever it is, a trial comes to them. And the issue is, how do they handle it? Do they ask God for wisdom to get through the trial? Do they ask God for strength to get through the trial? Or do they simply give in and give up and turn to the open bottle or go party with their friends? It's tough, and we face trials like that in our lives. Sometimes we do fail. Sometimes those trials turn into temptations. But even so, God is dependable. God is in control. God is still there waiting for us even after we fail. God is the ultimate example of goodness and dependability. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change and He will not change. And some people point in the Bible, ah, but look, God said He was going to wipe out these towns in the Old Testament. But He didn't do it. So He changed. No, He didn't change. The people changed. He didn't change. The, The people changed. And we can depend on God for what we need, no matter what our situation is. No matter how bad you've been, God is there to extend His forgiveness and to continue to strengthen you for the journey ahead. Think about some of the things in your life, maybe currently you're going through. And think about how you can be encouraged by this scripture and increase your dependence on God through these tough times. And sometimes during a trial or temptation, that's tough to do. It's tough to focus on God. Think back to the times when you were in trouble though. Look at the blessings you do have and you'll see that God is indeed working in your life. And He has always been whether you realize it or not. He provides us comfort. He provides us peace. He provides us strength. God is dependable and He's faithful. We need to remember that. Especially the next time when trouble comes our way. We're tested to prove our faithfulness. And that testing produces enduring patience in our lives. And patience is something that we all need today, to be sure. So God is indeed still in control, as we said last week. And God is absolutely dependable for us, and to us. And we need to remember that. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for our time in Your Word this morning. We thank You for giving us this practical guide to living a Christian life through Your brother James. Help us to face our trials with joy knowing that You are there waiting for us to come 
to you for our strength, for our endurance, for our patience, and for our wisdom. We thank you for your unending and unchanging presence in our lives each and every day. Give us the wisdom that we need to face each day's adventures in our journey through this life. And guide us so that we may live to glorify you in all that we say and do. It is through your Son's precious name, who lives and reigns with you now and forever. Amen.